0: Welcome to Above and Below, a salt life podcast, where we're gonna be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're gonna sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. Hello, a salt life podcast. I'm your host, Cheyenne Bearson, and today we have Emmanuel Williams on with us. He's gonna be telling us about his recent journey from Miami to the Bahamas on his personal watercraft. How's it going, Emmanuel?
1: Doing good. What about you?
0: Good. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So I live here in Miami and I specialize in offshore fishing on a sea dew. So fish like tuna, mahi, wahoo, sailfish, catching them on my sea dew.
0: I follow you on Instagram and I love seeing your catches. I'm always so amazed by what you reel up on that thing. It's crazy. How far offshore do you usually go?
1: The edge here is about like three to five miles offshore. So for like those pelagics, only about three to five miles.
0: How'd you get into that?
1: It was kind of an accident. I started off like after high school, I just wanted to get offshore, didn't have a boat. So I got myself a small Sea-Doo. It's like a spark. The ones that are meant for like playing around. I rigged it all out for fishing, kind of fell in love with it. And then I was like, I just need something bigger. And then Sea-Doo had a, the fishing model. so. I switched over to that and now we're here.
0: How does the fishing model vary from the regular model?
1: It's wider, it's longer, and it's like full out equipped for fishing. So you have your GPS and bottom machine on there. You have a big front storage. You have rod holders right up at the front, right under your handlebars. At the back, you have your cooler with rod holders on it. Um, Your cooler can also turn into a live well. There's a hose on it. So it's like full out made for fishing.
0: That sounds tricked out. That is yeah. so cool. So how many like how many rods can you fish at one time on it?
1: Um, if I'm drifting the edge, maybe like four is the most I would ever do. And that's pushing it with one person. But with two people, for sure, like four lines.
0: You can fish two people on it?
1: Yeah, yeah. We fish two people on it all the time.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. I would have never thought that. Wow. So what have you been up to since you were last on the podcast? I'm sure you've caught a lot of fish since then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just a lot of fishing, traveling, taking trips like to the Bahamas. Um, Yeah. A lot of fishing.
0: (laughs) That's fun. So what inspired you to embark on this trip from Miami all the way to the Bahamas?
1: It's kind of something that all not all, but a lot of Floridians do it just during the summer when the when the weather's nice, people take their boats over to Bimini or other parts of the Bahamas, so we're like, why can't we do it? So went on our sea dues about two months ago. three sea Sea-Doo's, fifty five miles from Miami to Bimini, and it's a nice, easy ride if you get some nice weather and yeah.
0: Yeah, I we usually go every year, but we go by boat. So I couldn't imagine going <laughs> on, a, on a personal watercraft. That, that's just crazy. How many people do you go with?
1: So my first trip, it was me and Cam on two Sea-Dews and one boat. And we went from Stewart to the Abacos, 112 miles.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. And this trip, it was just three Sea-Dews, no boat. And we went from Miami to to bimini 55
0: miles wow how long does that trip take
1: if you have flat calm seas like what you should go on if you're planning that trip an hour and a half to two hours you could be there but if the conditions get kicked up like happened to us on the way home could take up to like three and a half four hours
0: oh wow how fast can you go on those
1: they reach about sixty miles an hour, but on the way over, we're only going maybe like twenty-five to thirty.
0: Are you doing any kind of trolling or fishing on the way over?
1: No, no, I'm not. I'm not sure if you have to check in before you go back out and fish, but we just ran straight over, checked in, went to our Airbnb, got all settled in, and then came back out and fished out front of Bimini.
0: How like how much fishing time did you have that day when you first got there?
1: We had a good amount because we left at about 7 a.m., 7 or 8 a.m., and we were in the Bahamas, I think, by, like, we were checked in in our Airbnb and everything by, like, 12.
0: Oh, that's not bad at all. So
1: we had the rest of that day, and then we had two more fishing days, and then we had our last day that we traveled back home.
0: How long does it take to plan a trip like that? How do you go about that?
1: But the thing is, they have to be planned relatively quick because you can't just set a date and then say, we're going to the Bahamas this day. It's like this week we'll see the weather for next week. And we're like, the, the weather looks good. We have to go. So we started planning the trip maybe about a week and a half before we actually went.
0: So you're kind of waiting to get that weather window of opportunity for a flat crossing?
1: Yeah, that is the number one thing for us, us getting a, a window but also a big enough window for the the amount of time you want to go and and fish
0: that makes sense what do you have to bring like how do you prepare water food fuel
1: okay so for fuel the 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 sea have like super the fishing sea at least have super good range so we got to bimini with well my 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 um pwc got to bimini with half a tank So we get around 80 to 120 miles on a full tank, which is only 19 gallons. So when going to Bimini, you just fill up. As long as you're filled, you're good with that, with that PWC specifically.
0: Wow. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of range for the fuel tank. Do you ever bring a backup tank of gas just in case you run into something or you, you feel secure with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, there is literally no way you couldn't reach with, with that PwC. I've just, I've rode it so much. I've spent so many hours on it. So I'm really like dialed in with how it does with weather and gas and all of that. So I know for for the Bimini trip, it's fine.
0: That's great. For the yeah. longer trips, do you have to prepare for that in a different way? Or do you is it still just you go off of your uh, tank of gas?
1: Longer trips as in what, like going to Bimini or...
0: I think you mentioned the first trip you took when you had a boat with you guys was oh, that our Okay, range? okay, okay.
1: Okay, yeah. So that trip we used about each of our units used about like 6 or 7 gallons of fuel just to top off about halfway there and then we were good to make it. Okay. So we we carried some fuel on the boat that day.
0: Gotcha. Do you bring any any food? Do you get hungry on the crossing? Yeah, seat? yeah, so <laughs>
1: So the front hatch of the sea SeaDoo is super big. So in there, we fit clothes, drones, laptops, GoPro stuff, all of our fishing stuff, like our tackle. And then in our cooler, we had it loaded down with waters, Gatorades, a bunch of Uncrustables. Um, <laughs>
0: <The> staples. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we brought um, the sandwich meat, bread, cheese so that we could like load up the fridge at the airbnb once we got there and we pretty much lived on sandwiches while we were there because you're just fishing so much coming home eating sandwiches we went out a couple times but that's pretty much it like pretty simple
0: it sounds like you have a lot more storage than i was thinking in my mind yeah
1: yeah a lot how
0: big is your front storage hatch about
1: so you could put like uh you could fit a five gallon bucket in there Easily. Oh my god! And, and then it's pretty wide.
0: Wow, that's so, deep.
1: Yeah, 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 it's real deep. So it, it packs in a lot, and then there's even an organizer in there where you could like stow away your stuff neatly. So it's it it definitely is a lot more than anyone would think you could fit in there.
0: Yeah, I'm amazed by that because when I think of a PWC, I think of just the standard you know, ride around. I don't think of the big fishing ready to go offshore with it. So do you, where do you put your fish when you catch them?
1: Yeah. So that's a super common question, but um, in a lot of my videos, you'll see like, it's a, a white fish bag. It'll either be behind my cooler or in front of my cooler, like in between the seat. And it's just like a 45 inch insulated fish bag that I'll go out there with like three bags of ice in it. So most fish you catch can, can fit in there. There's been a couple times where they don't fit completely, but you know, for the most part,
0: <laughs> the trophies.
1: <laughs> exactly. But at that point, that means you had a good day and it's, it's time to go home.
0: That's the truth. That's always, when you get that big fish, it's like, all right, the day's made. You can't ask exactly. for much more at that point.
1: Exactly.
0: What kind of challenges do you run into on these trips? If any.
1: Um, I think with, with the Bahamas, a big thing is is their fuel. Like a lot of the times they their um their fuel has water in it for whatever reason. And mm. PwCs, well, most PwCs don't have water fuel separators. So you can end up getting water in your fuel tank that can cause you problems. So we've dealt with with those other problems before. But thank God we're able to navigate through them. But um yeah. Uh, and then other than that, it'd be weather, It's like random storms. While we were out in Bimini, we got caught in a couple of random storms. And we were way off, like 15 miles south of Bimini. We got caught in a storm. We had to make our way back. So <laughs> but that's, that's just a part of PWC fishing, just a part of it.
0: Just rolling with the challenges and finding your way through them as you go.
1: Exactly.
0: So when you're out at sea, having these crazy offshore adventures, what kind of marine life do you see? Do you find that um, stuff is more apt to swim up to you when you're on a PwC?
1: Yeah, we've had like most fish you can think of. We've had swim right up to the ski. Like sailfish, we've had sailfish swim right up to the ski to start free jumping. Same with dolphin. But I feel like just because you're so small, a lot of times fish will even think you're like a floater. Because there's been plenty of times where we're way out deep and dolphins just swim right up to the ski like they just want to be caught. So we've seen pretty much anything you see on a boat, yeah.
0: That's pretty crazy. Do you ever see any whales or big pods of dolphin? have them come up? Sharks, maybe?
1: Well, we have a lot of encounters with sharks, just like anyone on a boat would, you know. They're eating your fish and you're reeling them up. And then there's doing circles around the ski, especially um, a lot of the fishing I do up in Jupiter, very sharky. Um, I have seen a whale not on the ski, though. And then dolphins are usually pretty active. Yeah.
0: I fish out of Jupiter a lot, so I totally know what you're talking about with the shark situation. I've actually seen them come up, bite the back of the motor, be super aggressive. And what's it like, do you ever get worried or have them come up and check you out a little too close to comfort
1: we've maybe you can somehow like loop in the video i can give it to you after the podcast but we've had in jupiter a hammerhead just came to the top of the came to the top of the water and just charged at the ski <laughs> and then it did like two or three circles around us oh and swam gosh. away but that, was, that, that would be like the craziest encounter we've ever had. Never had any aggressive sharks or anything. But when it happens, if it happens, hopefully it doesn't happen. We'll just handle it when it comes, you know.
0: Yeah, those hammerheads can be crazy. They get They have a mind of their own sometimes. So what's your main purpose? Obviously fishing. But when you go over to the Bahamas, like what's your average day look like start to finish?
1: I'd say in the Bahamas, a lot of trolling and a lot of jigging. Um, I personally don't dive much. So that's not usually like in my plans, but deep dropping. I love deep dropping a lot of trolling, a lot of jigging. That's basically what we did when we were in Bimini and we caught fish like, uh, blackfin tunas, uh, groupers, snappers. Um, yeah, just a lot of kingfish a lot of those little Spanish macros too, so it's fun.
0: Before hopping on, I I checked out your page one more time and I was so amazed to see the variety of fish that you catch on your PWC. I mean, it ranges, it seems like from (laughs) pretty much anything you can catch, you just go out and catch it. Do you, opposed to fishing on a boat, do you feel like you have an edge being on your PWC?
1: I don't think I have like any type of advantages um, I just like the challenge. Like, I think that anyone anyone can go on a boat and have a captain put them on fish and can crank on a fish. But to be able to find your own fish, guide yourself to these fish, successfully catch them, and then you're on a 12-foot personal watercraft, it's, it just gives a lot more challenge to it, you know. So I'd say, like, that's the biggest thing for me, just adding a little bit of challenge to it.
0: Totally DIY out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do you bottom fish? Like, how do you hold bottom? How do you, do you have to keep it in gear? Do you have an anchor you drop down? How does that work?
1: For deep dropping, we're just finding our spot, running in front of it, catching our drift. So we'll set up 500, 600 feet, depending on the current. But like, we'll set up pretty far in front of it, get our baits down, and then we'll just drift back on it. And that's that's pretty much the program for all of the deep dropping you do for tile fish, snowy grouper, yellow edge groupers. And then a lot of the bottom fishing I do when I'm drifting is just having a couple baits on the surface and then I'll have one bait down in the bottom while I'm just drifting the edge.
0: Okay, so kind of trying to just kill fish with one stone. Yeah, just exactly. Do you ever hook up? What happens when you hook up on two rods at the same time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just got to deal with it. It happens often, though. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't complain. But it gets it, it. That's why I said it gets challenging because when you get into problems like that, you're one person on a PWC and you're tight on two, three rods. It's hard, but you know it's rewarding when she catches fish.
0: It sounds like the ultimate juggling match in my mind. I'm (laughs) trying to picture it all go down. How long did it take you to feel confident to do the, uh, my main thing that's so intriguing is the bottom fishing. How did it, how long did it take you to get comfortable doing that by yourself?
1: It kind of was just like, we started out like super surface level, just going offshore like drifting a bait or two, but over time, just spending so much time on the water, learning new techniques. We kind of figured that anything that a boat can do, we can do it just the same. Even though it looks a lot different because we're on a do most times, but kind of just eased into it and then got pretty like dialed in on like the whole program and now it's just super easy. I know a lot of the videos kind of look like, like it's just super, super easy. It's not that easy. It's just taking a lot of time on the water.
0: Yeah, you've really dialed it in, and you're a professional <laughs> at it. I can't. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of the juggling act and and the stress, frazzling factor of you're you're doing the drift, and then you've got your top rod out, your bottom rod out, you're hooked up at both times. What? Angles. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: what's the best fish that you've caught in bimini on your pwc
1: probably the black fins we really didn't have the best of luck over there um my main fish going over there i wanted to catch a wahoo like you know big bahamian wahoo but it didn't happen but out front here my favorite fish is the wahoo
0: i watched one of your wahoo videos and (laughs) it looked so crazy that's awesome I bet the stoke level is just through the roof when you land that big fish.
1: For sure. Because it's a it's a fish that a lot of people want to catch on a boat and s- cannot catch. So to catch it on a PWC, it's super rewarding.
0: I can't imagine. And what about swordfish? You guys ever catch any swordfish on those?
1: <sighs> that is like my my goals right now are to catch a big tuna, whether it's a yellowfin or a bluefin, a marlin, whether it's a black or a blue. And then a swordfish. So those are like the goals because, you know, those are massive fish. They fight super hard and they can be pretty dangerous trying to catch those fish on the PwC. But those are my goals right now.
0: I don't doubt that you'll accomplish them. <laughs> I can't wait to see we'll, what you do.
1: <laughs> we'll get it done for sure. For sure.
0: So when you get a fish into your PwC, what is, what do you do? Do you you try to stone it? Is it flopping all over the place? Do you you get potentially bit? How's that work?
1: So for me, the main thing, like a lot of people ask me why I wear boots. I wear boots because a lot of these fish have super sharp teeth. So once I get them in the boat, I usually keep the gaff wherever I gaff them and hold them down and kind of put my feet on top of them just so they can't flop. And then I'll just bleed them and brain them straight away so they stop moving. They're out of their misery. And then wash them off, you know, so they're not all bloody. And then go through the rest of the motions.
0: Do you have a little scrub brush to hit the decks of your PwC with?
1: <laughs> so the, the, the sea actually has a hose that comes from the bottom. And it pushes water into your cooler. And that's basically what makes your live well but you can disconnect it and use it as a hose. So I kind of hose down everything while I'm on there and then all the water will settle into the footwells. And then once I'm on plane, it will just go right out the back.
0: Oh, that's really helpful and nice that you can just detach it and then hook it back up. How many bait can you fit in your live well?
1: I usually fish like either 12 gogs. Or I'll get like seven gogs, and then I'll get like a dozen pilchard.
0: So you can fit up to seven and a dozen gogs and pilchards at the same time in there.
1: Yeah, seven gogs and like a dozen pilchard. Yeah, or I'll just do a dozen gogs alone.
0: That's nuts. That's that's a lot of bait in there. Yeah, it
1: works. It like it 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 works so much better than people would think. Like it's super, like super seamless.
0: That's awesome that they they don't get beat up in there either. It must be pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Did you say that was at the back or the front?
1: It's at the back.
0: Oh, that's nice. So you can just hook on your bait.
1: (laughs) Exactly, it's super helpful.
0: That's so cool. You said you were over there for, I think three days your last trip, is that right?
1: It was two traveling days and then two fishing days. So. Four days in all was the trip time, but the actual time spent fishing was like two and a half days.
0: When you, the day that you left to go back to Miami, did you guys fish the morning and leave in the afternoon or just take a straight shot back?
1: No, the the day we left, um, we actually got a late start because we were having problems because of the, the fuel in Bimini. But we got through the problems and then we ended up getting a late start home So we didn't leave Bimini till like 11 in the morning and we had planned to leave at like 6 a.m. Oh! So the weather got rougher than expected, but we're like, this is our day to get home. This is the day we planned to get home. So we all gotta go. So we went and it was a little rougher than expected. It was like three to fives the whole way. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow! That, it, how yeah. did it handle? Like, how was the ride going back? Was it super so choppy?
1: They, it was. They were kind of stretched out, so they weren't. They weren't like you know how, how a lot of times you'll get super long intervals, and even if it's high waves, it'll kind of be swelly. It was. It was. It wasn't super like choppy, but the waves were big, and then there would be like chop in between them. So. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It took, that ride took us like three and a half hours to get home. But we made it fine. But it's just, the ride can be tiring and a lot.
0: Do you get tired holding on and fighting the waves?
1: I feel like just because I do it so much, I'm kind of like all ready for it always. But I can definitely see where someone who's new to it and they're trying a long distance trip or something where it takes a lot of endurance and... They're getting tired for sure.
0: Would you say it's a little bit of an upper body workout when you're battling the chop?
1: Yeah, I, I think so because you have to hold on. If you hit a wave wrong, you'll get sent easily.
0: <laughs> have you ever <laughs> flown off?
1: No. I, so I've flown off, but it wasn't like anything to do with fishing. It was just like one day we were out there and going a little too fast and hit a wave wrong and flew off, but we were playing around and laughing. But like when I'm out there fishing, it's, tunnel vision focus because safety is a huge factor to it so never ever fishing that's that's another common question people like you ever tip over on it you ever fly off you your trolling I'm like no
0: I think for us that aren't used to it or haven't been on one fishing we have this built-up idea in our mind of like it's so easy to tip but then when I watch your videos it looks so stable
1: yeah for me there's there's um there's other models like i know people have told me that like they're just so unstable but then i'm like that that perception you have of that is just not the one i fish on just how it's first of all it's nearly a thousand pounds Whoa. so so and then it's like three and a half almost four foot wide and then 12 foot long so it's just a lot different than your average pwc
0: do you trailer it
1: I do, yeah
0: How is it to trailer?
1: Super easy It can be a, a little harder than a boat at the boat ramp Just because it gets lost behind your truck And then you can't see it And then you look over to one side And it's all way around the side of your truck But it's it's fine Super low maintenance Easy to trailer
0: That's so awesome that you found a setup that works so great for you Yeah And you're killing it on it It's I love seeing it
1: <laughs> Thank you
0: do you have any other trips planned coming up soon any anything super exciting?
1: Not as of right now but I'm trying to find a trip where I go whether I trailer my my ski to another state or whatever it is and just catch something massive. So that's the goal right now but I don't have anything like planned as of right now.
0: When's your next trip offshore in general, just whether it be to ride around or to hopefully catch some dinner?
1: Monday morning.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's soon? What are you doing Monday morning?
1: Uh, I don't know. I kind of just like go day by day. I'll look at the weather or like I'll look at the weather for the week and kind of plan out what types of fishing I want to do based on like what fishing is actually doing well. And I'll just kind of make up my plan day by day, figure out where I want to go. Because some days I'll be in Key Largo. Some days I'll be in Jupiter, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. So I'm just always bouncing all over the place, trying new things.
0: Well, I hope to see you next time I'm out in Jupiter so I can yeah, say hey sure. and, and see what you've been catching. What is your? What would you say your average success rate is? Do you go out and at least hook up to something almost every time you're out there?
1: I would say when I'm live baiting. Most times I'm bit, but trolling a lot of times I will troll all day. And a lot of times I won't get a bite, but I think it's because um on a lot of these boats, you can troll two planers, you can troll two surface baits, super easy. So you have more bait, you have more bait. So you have a, a higher percentage of getting bit. But on the Sea-Doo, I'll troll one planer and like one topwater bait. So it's pretty, it's like slimming down my chances of getting bit. So trolling can be challenging, but when you get that right bite, I feel like it's the best thing ever.
0: I feel (laughs) like you just gave a huge giveaway to your success rate. You troll all day.
1: That's,
0: I know so many people, even on boats, they troll for three or four hours and they're like, (laughs) like, I'm I'm over it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, the thing is with that, I have to, because we're limited on space, like rod wise or. So if I'm going trolling, I wouldn't buy a bunch of live bait. So trolling is a mission for today. You know what I mean? Whereas if I'm live baiting, I'll just live bait and that's all I'll do. So it's kind of like I pick my plan. I just got to stick to it.
0: That's good. Just dial in and get in the focus. I have another question for you. Um, What are your social media accounts so that everybody listening to this can go see your amazing catches? And is that (laughs) Hammerhead video up?
1: Yes, I can send that that hammerhead video to you right after this. But awesome. my my Instagram is Emanuel W underscore. My TikTok is Eman Belongs Outdoors. And my YouTube channel is I Belong Outdoors, all one word.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I can't wait to see the video that you're going to send. And I'm sure everybody else is going to love to see it, too. Of course. Thanks for being on here today, Emmanuel. We love having you on Above and Below Salt Life Podcast, and we look forward to having you on next time and hearing all about your newest adventures. For sure. All right. Have a wonderful day. Alrighty. Bye. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.